Hey, sweetheart. Welcome back to another episode of The The Spiritual Gaze. I'm one of your hosts, Brandon. And I'm the other host, Angel. And this is our twice-monthly podcast dedicated to exploring the wide reaches of spirituality without pretending that it all makes sense. Because it doesn't make sense. No, sometimes you're deep in that psychic soup and you don't know which way is up and which way is down. But you know what? Sometimes it all makes sense. Ah, well, when you surrender to it. And you're uh, just in like that perfect like moment where stillness just envelops you and you feel spirit all around. Mm, it's beautiful. Also, sometimes, right? you know, there's that great Blaise Pascal quote that says, uh, the heart has reasons that reason knows nothing of. Mm. Which just means that like sometimes you can't intellectually understand something, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't feel like it makes sense, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, this feels right, even though I couldn't tell you why. Those are like my favorite moments in life when you're just like in flow, you know? Yeah. When you really just feel like, you know, butterflies should be like flying all around you, you know? <laughs> like, I feel like we just had that moment. We just took Noche for a walk. Oh, we did. We man. ran into a friend of ours who joined us on our walk. Mm-hmm. And then we ran into like another acquaintance. And then we ended up at like a crystal shop and chatted with like the owner of the crystal shop mm-hmm. for like a long time. And it was just like, and this like gorgeous, almost full moon is oh like God. above. It just rained a bunch in LA. So it's like the air is clear and yeah. it's gorgeous. The it's mountains like have snow. Cotton candy sky. Uh, so this is one of those moments. <laughs> We're fucking snow white. <laughs> Here we go. It's <laughs> a bird on my shoulder. Totally. <laughs> uh, but anyhow, we want to get uh, just rolling through because we had a really exciting spirit talk with Jeff Hinshaw. Yes, Jeff is an incredible astrologer and philosopher and teacher and really just a mystic. And we're so excited to share our conversation with him. So we're just going to check in real fast. But first, let's introduce ourselves. Yes. Because <laughs> we always forget to do that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm Angel, as I said. Hey, Angel. Uh, hi. I too am a, am a mystic. You are a mystic. Uh, I am a writer and a film producer and executive and an astrologer. And I'm Brandon Alter. I am a tarot reader and a tarot teacher. I'm a healer. I'm also an actor and a writer uh, as well. Yeah, and you're also my husband. Yes, we're married, everybody. Hey, guys, we are gay. We're gay and we're married. We have a son. He has four legs. His name is Noche. And he is precious. He is precious. Our little Leo. All right, you want to check in, babes? You got anything you want to share with me? Or with, uh, with <laughs> right. gazers, with, with you the in world front at, of everyone, with the world at large. Uh, yeah, no, this week has been uh, honestly very, I would say, profound. Mm. <laughs> Just in that, I feel like I've really, um, you know, we actually have this whole discussion with Jeff about sort of Capricorn energy, and you know, one thing we didn't really sort of address. Uh, now that I'm thinking about it, but just the whole idea of power. And, you know, Capricorn sort of connecting you to your power in a way. And Pluto, I feel like Pluto is very much a personal power element and, and Saturn sort of connecting you to, you know, your your grown up self. Um, and I'm really feeling the energy of that specifically this past week. That's just, cool. That's yeah. interesting that you bring that up, actually, because something I've been thinking about a lot recently, and I was chatting about with my gay therapist, my gay Yoda therapist, mm-hmm. is the difference between power and force. Mm. And actually, what we kind of came to agree on is that power is something that you channel, 
like you can channel the power of a place or of a of a planet. Uh-huh. It's something that kind of courses through you, but force is actually your own inherent ability and energy to make change. Right. So, like will. Yes, exactly. Uh, which I just thought was really interesting. And Capricorn feels more like force than power, actually. Because well, it's yeah. getting you in touch with your own inherent ability to like move mountains. And interestingly, then, you know, something we will talk, we do talk with Jeff about, which is a lot of sort of surrendering to the flow and really sort of. Um, so if you think about that channeling power, when you can sort of sort of surrender in a way, you can then allow the flow of your of your power to sort of come through. And yeah. it's like in its it's sort of in its essence that it wants to exist in at this moment, as opposed to the, you know, the, the, the power or the energy you want to force into existence. Yeah. And I also think like the word force is maybe not great because it, you know, it makes you think like you got to like force something and it's just, you know, it's, it's another way to, it's like your personal power is force. And then there's like cosmic power, collective power, you know? Yeah. No, I think will, I get like what will you is a good word. Will, yeah. yeah. And they fold, you know, they fold together, you know, we're always kind of a balance between the two. Yeah. It's sort of like the difference is like cosmic power versus will power. Yeah, totally great way of thinking about uh, so it. yeah i'm trying to be you know sort of getting back in touch with my cosmic power mm. um and i am feeling that quite a bit uh right now and excited for this new year fully am that. yeah i'm here for it how are you i'm great it's been uh you've been oh, real busy i've been real busy it's been capricorn season i've just been saying yes things have been showing up and i have been showing up for them and i feel really good and i feel empowered and I'm really excited for Aquarius season because it means my birthday is just around the corner. And I've been too busy to even think about what my birthday is going to entail. But that's what this next week is all about. Mm-hmm. Figuring out how I'm going to celebrate myself and my birth on this earth plane. <laughs> well, I'm excited for you. Yeah, I'm excited. Well, it will include you. So you should be excited. Yeah, no, I am. It's usually a good time. Should we uh, dive into a little segment that uh, our gazers will know called a dose of reality? Oh, please. I think uh, this has been a segment that we haven't touched in a second. So uh, here we go, everybody. It's time for A Dose of Reality. (laughs) So Angel really wants to talk about RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars Season 4. Oh, people. I don't know if you're watching. If you're not. You're missing out on everything. Uh, As we're recording this, uh, it's after the latest episode has aired. So if you haven't watched yet, spoiler alert. Well, we actually don't even have to get that detailed. But But maybe we will. So fast forward five minutes. Uh, But basically, Drag Race All-Stars 4 is slaying. And this most recent episode was, I think, its best. And really one of my favorite episodes potentially of the series of all time. It was so good that at one point I remember I jumped up to stand on the couch and jump up and down. I did the same. Well, there you go. I mean, we basically got four lip syncs for your lives back to back, Uh. which I mean, that is my favorite segment of the show. So to get four of them in a row was the ultimate dream. And for those that don't watch the show, the lip sync for your life is what determines if you stay in the competition or you go. And so it it's head to head and two queens lip sync uh, literally for their life in the competition. And it is actually a really great example of like personal will. 
mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. it's like laying everything out there. They have to literally RuPaul says like, this is your last chance to impress me and save yourself. So it's like they have to pull out all the stops, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And be completely connected to presence. And you can even see sometimes when a queen like halfway through gets, you know, sort of like you know, nervous based off what the opponent's doing. And gets in her own way. Yeah, it gets in her up. own way. But then other queens sometimes halfway through like get really emboldened oh, and empowered shit, yes. and they just, they go full hilt. And then a fucking wig comes off and there's another wig and somebody's doing the splits. It's and... part of the spoiler alert, I think. <laughs> yeah, but... Um, I think I have to say, as mm. far as drag gimmicks go, nothing thrills me more than a wig under a wig. Yeah, it, it's the gift that keeps on giving for me. Yeah. When, I mean, when it's done really well, but th- th- yeah, it, it's really strong. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there were some amazing performances. I think uh, some who came out on top, Naomi Smalls, I think Naomi definitely Smalls impressed the everybody. House down. She did this thing where she looked like she was practically levitating. It was fine. It was amazing. Trinity the Tuck. Trinity the Tuck. Ooh. She definitely gives it, but it really sort of came down to a Monique Hart versus Latrice Royale showdown. That, as I think Monique said, this was the one you're all waiting for. And you know what? I was. Maybe, like, even if you don't watch the show and you're, like, not even that interested, just Google or search YouTube. Oh, it probably wouldn't be on YouTube, would it? Um, It may be. Who knows? If you could just watch that lip sync, I think it would be some real sweet medicine if you're having a rough moment throughout yeah, the day. I agree. And look, if you're not watching the show at this moment... I am not going to judge, but I am because you need to get your right with your life and turn yourself on to drag race. Or, you know, we're not going to judge. We're just going to we're going to strongly encourage you (laughs) to bring some sweetness into your life and watch this damn program. That is why we are a couple, guys, because he will help. (laughs) Keeps me on track, guys and girls. Right. Um, but I also want to segue real fast and just talk about Below Deck. Oh, yes. Because this last episode, I jokingly said, like, this should be sent to the Emmy nominating committee because it was so good. And it had a lot of heart because it was all gays on mm-hmm. as charter guests. And there's a gay stew on deck. And he clearly growing up had a lot of traumatic experiences around gay men because yeah, sometimes he was bullied and yeah a lot of like body shaming mm-hmm. and just feeling like he didn't fit in and throughout the course of the episode it was a really beautiful healing that he was really resistant at first and you know these guests were not like the highest paradigm of what a gay man can be in the no. world but by the end of it there was really this beautiful coming together and I was very moved by it. Yeah, me too. I mean, he fully released his anxiety. And as a gay who has also dealt with bullying when I was younger and, and body shame, both from external and internal forces, uh, I really did uh, just feel his pain, but also thought that his transformation through it and the fact that he just kind of released all of his issues around it and let himself just be himself. It was so empowering to watch. All right, everybody. That's our little intro portion because we are just so excited to share this spirit talk with y'all. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't even think we're going to introduce Jeff beyond what we've already said because you'll hear it in the interview itself. And so we're just going to say, sit down, pour yourself a cup of tea, 
Take mm. a couple deep breaths oh, yeah. and really prepare yourself to receive all this juicy wisdom in this episode's Spirit, Spirit Talk. Talk. So we are so excited to have Jeffrey Allen Henshaw in the spirit room. Jeffrey... I am just like giddy and a little punchy to have you here. This is very exciting. <laughs> I'm so excited. Beyond words. Um, so I'm just going to introduce to all of our gazers. So Jeff is the host of Cosmic Cousins, which is a weekly astrology podcast that is off the chain amazing. Mm-hmm. He is also a spiritual teacher and a philosopher. He is a writer. And Angel and I like to think of him as a historian. Yes, he's historically chronicling women through the ages via his Queen of Zodiac series right now. Which we'll talk about. Yeah. Definitely. Which is basically like the most respectful diva worship I have ever seen in my life. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, And the thing that I love about Jeff is that he's also an Aquarius. He's actually a double Aquarius. So when Jeff and I get together, it is just like cosmic soup time. It's true. Which is so fun Mm because I actually don't have any other gay Aquarius friends in my life. So... We have Philomena. Oh, Philomena J. Bartolina. That's true. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Philomena J. Bartolina. Yeah. I have have quite a few Aquarius friends that are gay. We should all get together. Yes, we need to have a little gay Aquarian Mm -hmm. witch party. Oh my God, what would you all do? That would be... I don't know, but it'd be weird as fuck. I'll tell you that right now. (laughs) (laughs) And I would imagine there'd be lots of video. Yes. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. Actually, I get that from you because I'm not so good at like documenting but you are really good at that like you have that in the most high vibe like voyeur aquarius thing going on cool 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 like it's funny because i would never actually think that about myself but someone else has said that to me before too yeah yeah i remember like when we had the queer heart circle and we like lit all the like firecrackers (laughs) and you were the one that like took a video of it and then you like put the signs and like it was so fun to see like how do the different signs play with firecrackers voyeur vibes (laughs) totally (laughs) yeah well, and you know, Anne Orderly told me, she said, when I got my reading, she was like, well, she's like, so this is an interesting chart because you've got moon in Capricorn, which is its detriment and sun in Aquarius, which is its detriment, <gasps> which Shocking. I had never heard before that like the sun in Aquarius is mm-hmm. a detriment because, right. you know, like the sun is the ego and wants to be mm-hmm. seen and Aquarius is the audience. Mm-hmm. Right. And it opposes Leo, which it rules the sun. So that I can see where that would make sense. But You know, I think astrology, we really hold a lot of authority in regards to the way that we choose to use our words. And even the word detriment to me is like, I think that that's outdated. And so maybe that's my double Aquarius nature, but I'm ready to expand beyond that, you know? Yeah. So what what we used to think is a detriment might actually be like what is bringing some sort of balance, you know? I don't know. So the detriment, like moon and Capricorn, I've learned from this Capricorn season is like, super mystical and grounding and is connecting us to the spirit of the mountain, you know? So it's like, you know, I don't know if I necessarily subscribe to detriment, you know? So let's not say detriment. Now let's call it its innovation. Yes. Oh. Sun and Aquarius in its innovation. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) I like that. Um, Yeah, so it has been Capricorn. If I can, it has been Capricorn season. I kind of just want to dive in. We're like on the last day, right? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, we're recording this on it. Uh, but I feel like you have had a lot of, as you were sort of saying, like downloads Oh yeah, on it. What do you feel have, has been like the most, I mean, if you can distill it at all. <laughs> yeah. So it's interesting for me because Capricorn season, and I always look to see like what's happening, like 
when the sun is moving into the sign, like what, what am I experiencing as an individual that it, and then viewing it through the lens of that astrological sign. So for me this year, I was in New York city and my partner is from New York city and has a lot of family there. And it's like a pretty big family. And they, every year, um, half the family is Christian. The other half the family is Jewish, but they have like a gathering together. And so it was literally like the time it switched into Capricorn, it was me gathered with family. Hmm. And it, and it was, they were all talking about the tradition that they had shared over the past, mm-hmm. like 60 years, like every year they come together. And so immediately I'm feeling into the energy of Capricorn as tradition that holds family together. And we see the polar sign of cancer there as well. And it was a lot of talk around you know, well, it used to be a little bit better back in the day. And now, you know, or they were talking about relatives who had passed away, but there was also the spirit of gift giving too. And I think of Capricorn as our collective earth sign. So Taurus would be our personal earth sign. Mm-hmm. And then I think of Virgo as our interpersonal earth sign or our subconscious earth sign. And then Capricorn is collective earth. And so you see there, like we're all coming together in a circle this time of year and we're practicing the art of giving to one another. And it doesn't necessarily always have to be like the physical form of the gift, which is what we might associate with earth. But then we, after the gifts gathered and we all ate food and it was like some really nice food. And this was like one of the nicest apartments I've ever been in New York city was like right on like central park West. Gorgeous. And it was just like, you could feel the energy of, um, the mother and the father, but the mother had this kind of like weight to her where I actually felt like she was the patriarch of the family. Mm. And she took me aside at one point because, you know, this was the first time I had like come to their holiday celebration. She took me in the master bedroom and she wanted to show me the view from their, their window. And we were having this moment and she wanted to make it clear to me. She was like, I know this, like, maybe she was just sensing that I was like, well, this place is amazing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but she's like, I just want you to know, like, um, I didn't come from money. Like it was like this very specific like switch from Sagittarius to Capricorn. She's like, I was really like obsessed with real estate in my 20s and I got really lucky with this apartment. And when we moved in, all we had was like a kitchen table, no chairs, and we didn't know how we were going to pay rent the next month. And it was the power of the collective. Some of her friends helped chip in to get this property because they knew that it would be beneficial for them in the long run. And also some of the family came together. And so it's the power of collective to help each other build a life that's sustainable. And now they have this amazing apartment that they can't afford because it's like when you put a plant into a bigger pot, it's going to eventually grow into it. So even just on the first day of this uh, Capricorn season, it was just like, wow, okay, I'm, I'm completely immersing myself in this and I'm open to spirit to give me some information in regards to Capricorn so that we can upgrade it because I really think Capricorn is like maybe one of the most misunderstood signs in astrology. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I've always been a little as an astrologer, I've always been a little scared (laughs) of categorizing Capricorn, Yeah, you know, because it does have a very specific reputation, Mm -hmm. but I do feel like there are other elements, especially having been in a relationship with the Capricorn. Who's that? What? You bitch. Oh, shit. I've learned learned so much about Capricorn and being a Cancer moon coming from, you Mm -hmm. know, the other side. 
you know, and always feeling like I'm the sensitive one. Right. And I have learned so much about how much sensitivity lives within Capricorn <laughs> by living with this sensitive queen yes. over here. Uh, yeah. um, and that was actually the first real shift for me that there is so much soulfulness to a sign that like we've kind of just like associated with being, you know, pragmatic and big picture oriented and ambitious mm -hmm. and all of those things. And it's no surprise to me that right now we have like this like major Capricorn stellium happening that I think a lot of this is getting work through and our relationship to Capricorn themes are being cleared out right now, especially with the South node moving into Capricorn, mm -hmm. you know? So, yeah. And just for our listeners that don't know what a stellium is, it's when you have three or more planets or aspects in one house and one yeah. sign. Mm -hmm. So right now we've got, what is it? It's Pluto, mm. uh, Saturn, Sun, mm -hmm. um, is Venus in Capricorn right now? Not yet. No She's way. in Sag, I think. She's Mercury still in Sag. is though, right? Yeah, Mercury's, Mercury's in Cap. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, I don't know. Do y'all include the nodes of fate when you're looking at stelliums? Yeah, I would. Yeah. And so we've got also the south node there too. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I like it to think of stelliums as a house party. Totally. And so they're all <laughs> gathering around the theme of Capricorn. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes me think you can like kind of think to that holiday party that I went to, that actually, like, it doesn't always have to be, like, at an important business meeting. Totally. Right. Right. Yeah. The, I love the family tradition element of it. Yeah. It does make so much sense. Yeah. And how beautiful that the two of you have these moons that are on opposite sides of the wheel. Oh, man. Yeah. Mommy yeah. and daddy. Oh, yeah. Totally. <laughs> but what I also love, too, is, and through you, Jeff, and through your podcast, and really upgrading the archetypes in terms of the gender that we apply to them. I think it was mm -hmm. like maybe one or two shows ago when you kind of delved into that a little mm -hmm. bit. And I love the idea, you know, talking about your partner's mom and how like she was the patriarch, mm -hmm. right? And like a man can be a matriarch in the same way that a woman can be a patriarch. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we can start to expand what that possibility is, you know? Absolutely. Um, and I think that's actually like, interestingly enough like what we're moving into right now mm -hmm. is like all of these really badass women that we need like just mm -hmm. in america like we need these badass women to grow mm -hmm. america up yeah and they kind of like they're not the matriarchs like they're the new patriarchs absolutely like they're the new Ooh, founding fathers oh, yeah. you know yes yes um mm -hmm. bring it they mm -hmm. just happen to have vaginas you know yeah. but it's like yeah. they're the fathers they're yeah. the daddies mm -hmm. you know um and even though I'm like a biological male, I think of myself so much more as like Noche's mom than right. Noche's dad, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, it's yeah. interesting that you say mom because I'm actually like, now that we're, go it's, we're going into Aquarius season, I actually like, because I've started to be like meditating on some of the Aquarius women that are going to be in the queen of the Aquarius. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them feel like moms of the collective. Totally. Um, like Oprah, you know? So, but yeah. maybe I'm getting a little bit too ahead of no myself, not but at all we are on this we wanted energy. to oh yeah no we are there because <laughs> we will be in aquarius season when this is released so we thought we might draw you out on just what are you starting to feel in terms of upgrading the aquarian archetype and yeah mm -hmm. also just like what is your experience of being a double aquarius because yeah. you're an aquarius sun and rising yeah there's a lot there but um <laughs> i know <laughs> yeah i think for one, and like a big part of the work I do with the Queen of the Zodiac and just from observing some of the women that I really look up to that are Aquariuses is upgrading archetypes to bring about a more collective understanding. Mm -hmm. um, and when we think of Leo on the other side of the wheel of Aquarius, it is Aquarius is working with Leo energy. So we could say um, a theme for Leo is celebrities. Um, 
so like working with these famous people who are iconic, but in a way that is bringing people together. Cause like famous people are something that we all hold in common. Right. Sure. Um, so that's one of the things that has been coming to me, a few others like radical amazement. I think that Aquarius sparks. Mm. So I'm excited to explore that. Mm. Um, yeah. I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Radical amazement. I always think of like celebrities as like the Greek gods and goddesses of our time. Yeah. Right. You know, like the old gods are dead. Mm -hmm. We're like, we like ideally are going to bring some new ones in as mm -hmm. we are, you know, moving forwards. Right. But it's like celebrities have been for a while, like who we look to mm -hmm. for our empowerment. And, you know, in the same way that like, Angel and I always talk about, like, who's your house mother? You know, like, mine share. His is <laughs> yeah, Madonna. Yeah. It's like we use these celebrities. Nice. Like, you know, it's like like Aphrodite, like yeah. Hera. Like, who's your like who's your right. goddess? Oprah. Whose temple yeah. do you, yeah. you know? Definitely. Is she me. your house Freya. mother? Yeah. Oprah? I just decided in this moment. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Welcome to the house of Oprah. Honey. She's my <laughs> queen of Aquarius. Yes. I'm wow. like, I hope she wins. It's the age of Oprah after it's the age all. Of Oprah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, another thing that's been coming to me, I guess, in regards to Aquarius, but in regards to all of the signs is that when we have conversations about um, certain themes, we're also talking about the signs. So, um, for instance, like um, maybe I'll just put this question out and see like what comes of it. But what's something that you love about the Internet? Uh what I love about the internet is the ease of connection to people, places, and things that would otherwise be so challenging. Mm -hmm. Like the fact that like I can give a reading to somebody in Australia and it's as easy as like, you know, mm -hmm. talking to you in person who lives down the street. Like that is something I love about, mm, right. you know, like the internet, so yeah. to speak. So ease of connection. Ease of connection. Yeah. And how it's like, sh it's shrunk the world. Mm-hmm. In a good way. Yes. So that in of its essence is Aquarius. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Ease of connection. Hmm. So when we're talking about these themes, like if you're talking about a business, you're exploring Capricorn energy, right? So what's something that you don't like about the internet? Uh, the anonymity or like the lack of like responsibility or accountability. Like you can just leave a comment and just like yeah. spew all your negative energy mm -hmm. out there. That's also Aquarius. <laughs> I'm aware. <laughs> right. So for sure. So that's like been yeah. really fun to kind of like explore. I love that. Yeah. That's amazing, Jeff. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I was just thinking about how I love the sort of like satisfaction around knowledge. Mm. If mm -hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, like that I can sort of. Right kind of quickly understand something uh -huh. that you know almost feels like an inspired yeah. interest mm -hmm. and then i can dive into it further which feels very aquarian right see so right now you're kind of getting into my process when i'm like writing the soul-centered traits Amazing. satisfaction of knowledge that could be a soul-centered aquarius trait right ease of connection so like right now and it's a very aquarius way we're collaborating and like writing it together, which is kind of like, as I move into Aquarius, I'm kind of wanting to do more of this. And this feels mm -hmm. super Aquarius right now. Yeah, so <laughs> right now we're in the spirit room where we're each in different corners of the room with a microphone and like <laughs> headphones on. It's super yeah. epic and cosmic. I'm loving yeah, it. Yeah, that's really interesting too, because we each have a microphone, which is like very Leo of us. Right. But there's three of us together sharing and collaborating, which mm -hmm. is very Aquarius. Mm -hmm. And connecting to all of the beautiful people listening right now. All yes. The, all the gazers. All the gazers. <laughs> hey, people. Um, but yeah, no, I'm really excited about 
Aquarius season. And I'm very excited to see who comes up for the queen of Aquarius. So Jeff, yeah, Jeff has a podcast, Mm -hmm. uh, as Brandon mentioned, Cosmic Cousins. I'm sure Mm -hmm. you've heard it. But uh, he does do this queen of the Zodiac where you basically pick how many is 16. 16, And that is such a painful process. I can only (laughs) imagine. (laughs) I might have to like pull out some of them because I'm still kind of shuffling some around. Yeah. At some point. Yeah. With you all. But yeah, so yep. you pick these 16 women mm-hmm. and uh, you basically sort of with the help of your community mm-hmm. on Instagram, everyone sort of whittles them down to sort of one right. queen of right. who, em- who embodies pretty much all of these traits that you put forth. Yeah. And it, it's so fun to vote on yeah. it. I get so excited when I see the little Cosmic Cousins like mm. photo come up Yay. and I like hit on it and it's got like seven to go. I'm like, yes. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I, you know, it brings up excitement for people. I get really frustrated. It brings up frustration <laughs> too. Yeah. But the desire for me came, it started during tourist season where I was like, oh my God, there's so many legendary Tauruses. Uh-huh. Who would be the queen? Of, so that started during tourist season, which feels really right. Um, but also the desire to like, I also was like, I don't actually know like which of these women like embody tourists the most. And I would be really interested to see what everyone else thinks and like mm-hmm. what we collectively hold. So it was, it was a desire to honor legendary women, but also to like, to get a better grasp on what we all like feel into with these archetypes, you know? Yeah. So I like, you know, I was amazed like during Sagittarius that Janelle Monet made it to the final two. Cause she's someone that I like, wasn't very familiar with. And so it was just like really eye opening to see like, Who's speaking to the people? Right know? at this current, and I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. sure it's like always surprising. I mean, yeah. I think I was messaging you during Scorpio season how like shocked I was that Georgia Keith beats yeah. Bjork because she's like, yeah. Bjork to me has been always such an iconic mm-hmm. Scorpio. But given the fact that you got down to two triple Scorpios <laughs> yeah, right. for Scorpio, I mean, A, yeah. feels so Scorpio. Yes, so it's Scorpio. so like all or nothing. <laughs> but B right. really does show how tuned in people are mm. to it who are paying attention to it and voting on it because that that they were really like gathering the essence mm. of it and putting it forth i thought was really cool yeah i think something that is like coming to me now as like it's getting further into uh the series is that it's not just the woman that wins it's also the backdrop and the environment that she's in so Giorgio o'keefe I'm repping Ghost Ranch right now on my shirt, actually. Uh But being at Ghost Ranch and after, because on my road trip, uh, I got to go there. And I learned it's not Georgia O'Keeffe's land. It was something way before her. And there's all of these um, tales of people who were murdered on the land. And it's called Ghost Ranch because the wind, uh, people think it's haunted. So it's like, there's like an energy also that's around these people as well. And so it's like, for instance, like, we're st- it looks like Michelle Obama's probably going to be Queen of Capricorn. We're still waiting on all those results to come through. I voted from all of my Instagram accounts to to push it into Dolly territory. Yes. I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, I cheat sometimes. Because <laughs> I know you've said, you've said like, this is not about your favorite queen. Right. This is about the queen that embodies these archetypes. Well, you know, oh. and sometimes it's also I... like, it's sometimes favorite too, though, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, to me, I'm like, well, now I mean, we know who pushed Cher over the edge. No, Queen that was the I'm collective. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon was opening up accounts. <laughs> but you're an Aquarius. You can vote as many times as you want. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Sorry, but you were going to say. Oh, no. I just, um, 
Well, uh, what I was going to say, actually, is that you also have mentioned, too, that the way people kind of weigh in about the queens tends to bring the color of the sign as well. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't remember what season it was. Was it like Leo or Le- it was Libra where everybody was like, this is not like is not an appropriate right. queen or she's mm-hmm. cultural appropriating. Yes. You know, exactly. like that. Mm-hmm. And Leo, like literally the Tori Amos fan club got like um, notif- notified and they all like people just started following me that were from the Tori Amos fan club. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so I'm sorry. I I'm sorry. I told them. <laughs> well, they beat out Madonna, so I don't think that would be true. Actually, I was livid. Yeah, <laughs> there's only one Queen of Leo, as far as right. I'm concerned. Of course, but no, like Viola Davis is the only one who's an actress that's in the pantheon right now, and she's Leo. And Makes then um, Michelle Obama, like in her connection to politics with Capricorn. So it's not just the woman; it's also their backdrop. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And that does make more sense than Dolly in that right. in that capacity because right. music is not necessarily something I think of as Capricorn. Right. The woman has an amusement park. That is true. That is Capricorn. She's created her own land. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> so both of them, whoever wins, is very Capricorn. Yeah, yeah. You've been to yeah. Dollywood, right, Jeff? No, let's go. Oh, okay. Oh, We're going. It's happening. To go, guys. Okay. Can we take a road trip to Dollywood? I mean, I'd be in. I'm down. Okay. I yes. had like an I had a dream to like go for one of my birthdays. Mm. It was supposed to be my 30th birthday excursion, and I just didn't pony up for it. So oh, wow. let's make it. Well, let's it's really it. close to the Short Mountain Sanctuary, <gasps> so oh my we could gosh. like make it a double. Yeah, that would. Be that's the cool. that's the fairy sanctuary. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, we got to go. Yeah. All right, Queens. That sounds mm-hmm. amazing. I'm in. I just have a magical. Capricorn excursion. Yes. To the mountain. Um, okay, so we've talked to you, you know. <laughs> I could talk about the queens all day. Girl, <laughs> me too. I cannot wait to compete for Queen of Aries. Yes. Um, so, <laughs> Gaga's going down. Um, so, <laughs> a star's been born. Um, so, I mean, we, you know, Brandon introduced you, you have this amazing astrology podcast, but Mm. you know, that also encompasses tarot. You are, you do do tarot readings. Mm -hmm. You, you are a mystic, but I'm always curious. Um, and I know our listeners are, what was your road to mysticism? I mean, you, you weren't probably just born into it, but maybe you were, I'm just curious. When did this all start to awaken for you and, and how? Yeah. I mean, I've always been super cosmic and like interested in like group energies, which is Aquarius. Um, like even from like a young age, I remember just like um, my parents run a miniature golf course. And, Wait, what? Yeah, it's a putt putt fun center in Richmond, Virginia. Oh my god! And they're in the PPA, which is the Professional Putters Association. Yes. It's on ESPN too sometimes. <laughs> um, anyway, so I was like a little caddy or like a scorekeeper or something, and there was this um, man who was putting, and his zipper was down. And I remember for the longest time, I was just like watching and just kind of laughing and like observing him and how no one was saying anything. So eventually I was like, hey, XYZ. I'm like 10 years old. I was like, XYZ. And he was like, oh, thank you. And then we had a conversation for a few minutes. Anyway, fast forward like a few hours later, he ended up winning the tournament. And I remember saying to my parents, like he won because I told him to like zip his zipper up. And there was, they didn't understand what I was saying, but I was like, the conversation that we had affected the rest of the day and the interactions that he had and like, 
the next putt he took, it was a hole in one. Like it was like, so from a young age, I've always kind of had this like understanding of like the ripple effect that we have. And I think that's kind of getting us into Aquarius because Aquarius is connected to the internet, which is like the ripple effect, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's also rules over the nervous system and it's like how we all interconnect. And so there's always been this like interest and this kind of like cosmic awareness of the effect that we have on one another, you know? I think. Um, it was interesting listening to your last episode. I think it was your last episode about the moons um, because you were talking about Leo moon when they walk in a room or like the, like their mood can like really affect the room. Mm-hmm. And I think Aquarius, like being the polar sign, also has that capability as well um, and also has the capability to, to like feel like feel into other people's thoughts and what's going on in the room. But um, so, yeah, there's always just kind of been uh, that awareness. But I think then to take it to my Virgo moon... Um, mm-hmm. it was when I got really, really ill. So oh. I think a Virgo is connected to, to health and it wasn't until, um, I couldn't like actually like physically stand up cause I had so much knots in my stomach and Virgo is the digestive system that I really had to take action to, um, better my health. And so yeah. it was through my yoga practice, through learning about the power of breath uh, that I then was able to, to bring my Virgo moon and my Aquarius sun together. And so that's why a lot of the work that I do is for embodied health. It's like the first thing I say on my podcast, it's like first point is embodied health. And mm-hmm. so bringing it to the breath and to the body. And so I, I really think that's what a Virgo moon is like here to like help people get in touch with their health and their uh, their desire to be of service to others. Um, and that was actually the root of my health problem was like, I I was working a lot. I like working, but I wasn't like working towards something that was like bringing about some sort of service to others. And it was through that connection to my body, my breath, uh, that the doors of yoga opened up. And so I immediately did a yoga teacher training, like not too long after that was a service space. It was like focused on like volunteering with communities that uh, didn't have access to yoga. So we would like go downtown and we teach yoga class to homeless people. So it was like, there's always kind of been like an element of service for me when it comes to like the start of my journey, I guess. And then it was, it, it just kind of rippled from there. Like once you start practicing yoga, it like just aligns everything. And then uh, the Aquarius information started coming through and the desire to bring people together in groups. And shortly after I moved to New York City and the rest is herstory after that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's interesting because I was just thinking about Virgo is like the sign of alignment. Mm, like mm. it's a high vibe. It's really like Virgos know what alignment is because that's what healing is. It's just right. like being in right alignment. Yeah. But I was also thinking too, your your stomach problems, mm-hmm. you're like the physical health. Mm-hmm. The challenges were not based on like a physical root though. It was all mental, right? Right. It was like your Aquarius mind. Right. It was mental. It was spiritual. It was, mm-hmm. um, I think, beliefs that weren't supportive of me. So when you were talking about Virgo moon and like is similar to Gemini moon to be really like mindful of the way that you talk to yourself, I was like, (laughs) (laughs) yes. And for Virgo moon specifically, it's like talking to yourself and breathing it into your body and it, cause it is an mm-hmm. earth sign, but it also has that mental activity as well. So like for me, every day of my life, I have to sit with affirmations and breathe them into my body. Mm-hmm. Otherwise my Aquarius nervous system is shut. <laughs> That's so interesting. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. For me, like yesterday I was so like busy and I had a busy day today and I was like, okay, I've got, I've got like 50 minutes. What am I going to do to like, 
restore myself. So I just like laid here in the spirit room and did some like restorative yoga poses. Mm, beautiful. And I was like, okay, like I can put it back in mm -hmm. as well. But I had to, right? Yeah, chill out my Aquarius nervous system. Mm -hmm. Earth moons. Earth moon. Hey, Earth moon club Aww, girl. I also cute. think of you like as a Capricorn moon. Like I know you as someone who goes on like these solo hikes often and with Capricorn's connection to the mountain as well you know like could really be a great place for a Capricorn moon to go for self-care mm. and you know what's mm -hmm. so interesting is this Capricorn season and I'm sure I like picked it up from you maybe in the podcast unconsciously but it's like in the past few weeks I've realized that I have finally put my flag in the mountain this is the metaphor I've been using in the mountain that I'm going to spend the rest of my life climbing mm -hmm. like I've spent 33 almost 34 years mm -hmm. like mountain shopping <laughs> like should I be climbing this mountain or this mountain or this mountain this and then like just recently I was like no like I'm on the mountain mm -hmm. it has two peaks but I'm on the mountain right it's very interesting I think that that might be something that a lot of people are moving through too with all this Capricorn energy yeah. it's like what is the mountain I'm gonna climb yeah what is the like mountain the Saturn being there right it's like really asking us to commit to yeah. the mountain <laughs> totally yeah so I actually am curious because that leads me to a question I had for you. Yeah. Um, but I do, I, I will have some other questions for you about just your, your journey, but I, yeah, yeah. cause we're here right now. Yeah. Saturn's been in Capricorn. Mm -hmm. Pluto. Oh yeah. Has been in Capricorn. Mm -hmm. Both big transformers. Right. This, by the end of this year and into sort of the beginning of next year. So we still have some time, but they're, but they're coming up to their conjunction to when oh, they're yeah. actually going to be. Side by side, having a beer, like, yeah. here we go. What are your... And Jupiter might be there yeah. too, right? Yeah. Jupiter and Cap is next year. I think, yeah, into the next year. So yeah. like, all three of them are just going to be like having a key. And the South Node, I think, will be hanging out there too. So, yeah. But I'm curious, like, you know, you know, because what are your feelings about all of this Saturn and Cap, Pluto and Cap, how it affects the collective and sort of this, as we're moving towards this actual conjunction right. of them, just... right for everyone going through that. Well, I think it was really, I mean, Brandon was really getting to the heart of it mm -hmm. with what you're saying is like claiming your mountain. And I'm like really feeling that personally and that's what I've been tuning in. So if you're climbing a mountain during this time that isn't in your highest and best interest, there's gonna be a lot of obstacles around it and there's gonna be the opportunity to turn back around. Cause yes. you can't fly off the mountain you have to walk back down the mountain. So true. Right? right? <laughs> yeah. So if you've been climbing a mountain for like, you know, the last time Saturn was in Cap was like 27 years ago for 27 years, then it's quite a journey to go back down, wow. you know, yeah. um, which is interesting. And this is kind of something that I've been working with because in the tarot, the devil card is associated with Capricorn, number 15. And then the star, right? Number 17 is Aquarius. Mm -hmm. But there's this card that's in between, and I think that that is actually like both Capricorn and Aquarius's card. Oh, wow, the tower. Yeah, because a lot of the women in the Queen of Capricorn, we saw that they were really subversive to authority, which is something that you wouldn't necessarily think of with Capricorn. Mm -hmm. um, but a lot of them were really like wanting to like work with or like through or against the patriarchy, empowering the people, right? As Patti Smith says, People have the power to redeem the work of fools. Hmm. And Aquarius is going to have a lot of those kind of women too. And so the tower, right? The building, the structure is Capricorn and Aquarius rules over lightning. So we have both of those astrological signs in this tower energy. So there's going to be some Aquarius energy too. And like 
when Pluto enters Aquarius, Saturn enters Aquarius, it might still be some of the same themes, but Aquarius is also the star. And so there's also like a whole other group of like Aquariuses that are more about like the cosmic energy than like uprooting the patriarchy or whatever it is, you know? So, <laughs> yeah. 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 But that's a very interesting, I mean, definitely all of the Aquarians I know are quite like subversive, rebellious, mm -hmm. uh, you know, they have a deep desire to mm -hmm. kind of fly in the face of the status quo. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but then, and now I'm just like trying to be, you know, categorical, but I wonder if like you go <laughs> deeper into Aquarius, if you move more into the star archetype, you know, and those are like those Aquarius two and threes right. are a little bit more like, cosmic healers and shapeshifters mm. and kind of moving more into that energy i think so yeah philip who i forgot was my aquarius best friend earlier on in this podcast cool. is, is, <laughs> well he's in austin and if he would move back to la perhaps i would remember wow bitch, um, side out of mine. i know but he definitely like is somebody that i think of as like a total star aquarian like mm. he's so kooky and he like beats to his own drum but he brings healing wherever he goes right. you know because some aquarians right. can be quite off-putting uh -huh. and like like a little cold or aloof. Oh, yeah. And he's one of those Aquarians that like definitely brings that like healing presence where he right. goes. And it's like how you, you can utilize the internet in a lot of different ways, going back to like that Aquarius theme. So it's like you can use the internet to like really bring healing to other people's lives. Right. Totally. Wow. What the ripple effect it makes. Right. Yeah. Or you can use it to just like talk shit on Facebook. Totes. You have to hide in a room yeah. by yourself. Right. Behind cat memes. And just troll. Trolls. Okay, question though. Yeah. If we were, I mean, it wouldn't be a podcast, but like if we were all having this conversation in the 70s, uh, what would be the replacement for the internet for Aquarius? Um, like the newspaper? Drugs. Oh, drugs. Great. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that makes yeah. sense. Actually. Well, would you say like protest energy is Aquarian? Um, it could be, but I actually think a lot of the signs have protest energy, mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. know, because like Aries can give that activist feel. That's true. that's true. Libra even can. Like there's activists in all the signs. And I think that that's something really important for us to understand is that all signs have creatives. All yeah. signs are deeply emotional because we're humans. Mm -hmm. All of us are activists in our own different way. And it's how we're doing it. So, but, you know, the internet is newer and it's like been more it's just now being introduced really into this Aquarian archetype. Um, and right. Aquarius used to be ruled by Saturn. So, which is kind of taking us into that tower energy of Capricorn as well and how that there might be some overlap with him. Mm -hmm. um, but if it's not internet, then Aquarius also rules over electricity. So like, what's something you love about electricity? You know, we could do the same, like kind of like right. questionnaire. What's something you don't like about it? It keeps me up at night. I don't know. You know, so like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, enter. I was just curious. Yeah, I think electricity might be. Yeah, no, that's one, a... which would be the radio, like anything that like is for communicating. But I think drugs, too, because yeah. I, I think that's a really interesting because it expands the consciousness like on a high vibe. You know what I mean? Like if you engage with mushrooms in a mindful way or the mm -hmm. way people are, you know, going down to Peru and taking ayahuasca, right. not always in a mindful way necessarily, but mm -hmm. If you can engage in those practices, they can elevate. Mm -hmm. They can show you, oh, we are all connected. And what you see is just the tip of the iceberg. Mm -hmm. Which might be taking us more into Pisces, but... Oh, that's true. But it's kind of, it's a spectrum, right? Totally. Um, and they're all connected. It's like this: yeah. the Zodiac is a stepping stone path. And like you have to walk on each one to get to the next one. Yeah. Yeah. So for um, just to step back a minute, because you we were talking about the Capricorn mm -hmm. business. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's interesting for everyone who's listening to think about what you were saying about sort of the have you been climbing the wrong mountain? Right. So to speak. Um, 
sort of what advice would you give to people who are listening who are maybe feeling that sort of rumble of should I turn back yeah. and how to approach that? And maybe mm. it's specific to each person and their process, but yeah, I first take a deep breath, yeah. you know, and I don't know if there, if it is, is wrong or not, you know, if it, if you were climbing it, then it's beautiful and it's perfect. It's going to depend on what like your energy is like in regards to like your sun sign. I think that it would like really shape your relationship to all of this Capricorn energy. Like if you are a Capricorn right now, then you, it's going to be affecting you a little bit more and it's going to all be a tempering process to waking you up to your own authority in your life. I was reading recently, I don't remember where it was, but where it was talking about, it was referring to Capricorns as the initiate. The initiate. Because mm. this human experience is initiation process for them. Oh. And so that there's going to be more obstacles in a Capricorn's life to wake them up to the role that they're here to be playing. And I think of like in my life when, you know, there are more obstacles in my life, more responsibilities, I'm definitely stepping up in more of a, like a father role. I get a little bit more serious now that I have a car in Los Angeles, like within like my first week of having like a little like stone hit the windshield and my windshield's cracked. And, you know, it's just oh, like wow. these sort of things that it's like, okay, this all feels like Saturnian energy to me. <laughs> it feels like Capricorn, you know? So um, if it is feeling like heavy or dark or serious um, to take a deep breath, it's okay. And also there's always the opportunity to reflect on, you know, the other side of the wheel. Like in times when um, you get a rock that hits your windshield, I'm calling mom and asking mm -hmm. her what I should do. And that's like the other side of the wheel. And so looking to those in your life that you can lean on for the emotional support of uh, cancer or the matriarchy. Yeah. So I'm not, like for me, like right now, right as an Aquarius rising Capricorns in my 12th house. Um, so this whole Capricorn season has felt like I'm out to sea. So the 12th house is the house of like, karma and the unknown and it really feels like you're on like a boat out to sea so for me i've actually found that even though i'm moving through all these capricorn planets in my 12th house that going to the sixth house and like kind of paying attention to like what i'm eating and like making sure i'm showing up to the gym and like uh i, w I went to my first kickboxing class this week yes, yeah yeah it was amazing i'm really sore right now too but that's kind of you know like balancing out like all of this heavy like placements I have in the 12th house and my transits right now. So I'm always like trying to bring it back to some sort of like holistic balance, you know? Um, so yeah, I hope that helps. So you could look to see like where this Capricorn stuff's like hitting your chart yeah. and like what house and you know, angel Brandon or I could like help you like distill that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I love it. You're giving me this image of like, you know, our chart in a way sort of makes our, makes our life a, like a, a like a big house, yeah. you know, and that, you know, Capricorn is that sort of that 12th house room, you know, and I love that. And the idea of, you know, to help you sort of shift out of that energy, go visit the sixth house room. Yeah. You know, just like take a, a walk down the hall. Yeah. Like oh, like include like the board yes. game. Yes. <laughs> that connects the 12th to the I sixth. Love it. We like, should make this board game. Yeah. Oh my, oh my God. God. We'll Let's... edit this out so that we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but Trademark. No, I think, yeah. Trademark cosmic cousin spiritual yes. gaze. Boom. Done. Uh, Zodiac clue. But I think that's interesting for people to think of it that way, that you can sort of, if you're feeling stuck, you mm -hmm. can sort of just leave the room and go visit another that has mm -hmm. potentially some sort of lessons or comfort mm -hmm. for you to yeah. help shift right. that space, that point of view. Yeah. 
But then to know that even though you're going to the sixth house, like the work is still in the twelfth house. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so when I'm done with the kickboxing, there's still a lot of release that needs yeah. to be done. Yeah, yeah, totally. yeah. You know, um, I got gifted a board game over the holidays from my friend called Cosmic Karma. We should play it sometime. What? Oh my gosh, yes, please. Yeah, it's so fun. That sounds That's amazing, darling. Oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> he instigated it. It's not my fault. So I'm curious, Jeff, so we're, you know, we were just talking about climbing up the wrong mountain, or I don't like the word wrong, but yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean, sort of. A mountain full of obstacles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you in your life were coming to some realization about, oh, my health issues are oh, yeah. affecting me. I need to shift some things. You are Virgo moon. Virgos do tend to have sort of a, a plan in place. Oh, yeah. Did you have another, like a different kind of plan in place for your life at all? Oh, yeah. Before you got into the, I mean, because you are, you are a, a mystic, a full-time right, mystic. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting you asked that um, because I did, like I very much did. Like I um, was a part of a program called Teach for America. Oh, Yeah. And I was teaching third graders at a charter school in Brooklyn. And that was really when the stomach problem started. Wow. It was like around that time. And I actually, you know, I was going to get my degree and master's through this program. And my plan was to, once I got my master's in education, was then to become a creative writing professor. Um, yeah, it was like my 10-year, I had like a 10-year plan. Yeah. Wow. And then I, didn't know I just could not show up to it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And then my other plan after that was then I moved to New York City to become an acupuncturist. Oh. Uh, yeah. And that's like really what brought me there. Um, so I like had already enrolled. I got accepted to, I think it's called Pacific Coastal something school. I don't remember now, but um, but I deferred and I was like, I just want to like land in New York. But like, that's what brought me there. And then um, I didn't ever go because I started doing tarot and astrology. Yeah. And that just took you off into a whole other place because then you move you i mean you lived other places beyond yeah. new york right yeah, Before yeah. you came here to la yeah i lived on the big island of hawaii right yeah which you all were just there we were well, not on the big island no, no we were yeah. maui and Kauai. yeah we were there it sounded like quite the time <laughs> it was it, you know in hindsight it was very much capricorn possibly climbing a mountain full of obstacles completely <laughs> but full of spiritual insight oh my mm-hmm. god so much climbing that spiritual mountain completely oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. It just makes me think about the fact that sometimes we have dreams, goals, or aspirations, and the point of them isn't necessarily to fulfill them. Mm. Like you have this aspiration to be a creative writing professor or to mm. be an acupuncturist, and that was actually just to get you to the next step. It was just to right. get you into New York where you met the people that would introduce you to tarot or to astrology. Mm. It's like sometimes it's just important to follow. It doesn't matter where the dream's mm-hmm. going to get you in the end. It's right. like, it's just a bridge. It's beautiful. To bring in the next dream. Yeah, and one of the Capricorn queens, Louise Bourgeois, who is the, she's a big scale sculptor. Mm. Like she makes huge statues and some of them are towers too, which I thought was an interesting mm. like connection to Capricorn. And a lot of it's like working through the grief that she holds with her father. But something that I learned from her as like this like fierce Capricorn queen who was up against Michelle Obama in the first round, so it didn't work out for her. But, <laughs> no um, chance. <laughs> yeah, so she said something like, I show up to my work every day not to achieve, but because it makes me a better person. And that's how I gauge my success. Is this making me a better person? And she like later on in the interview, she was talking about how she's like, if I don't work every day, I'm nasty. 
you wow. know, it was like, yeah. so that was like, I was like, okay. So, um, I, that was like a big takeaway that yeah. I got. And something about what you were saying, it's not like so much about like, um, like where you're going. I don't remember exactly what you said, but it reminded me of it. So I just threw it in there. No, that's really profound. I would, yeah. that would be a tweet, tweet moment. Speaking yeah. of our future queen of Aquarius. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tweet, tweet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the world will be shook if she, if she doesn't get it, but I'm, I, I can't wait to see. Yeah. But I look, who knows who else is I'll out be there. Protesting. I can't wait to see. Yeah. yeah. I'm so excited it's, for it. Who else are you excited about in queen of Aquarius? Um, well, I originally didn't have her in the queen of Aquarius cause I, for some reason I, she just never came up. So the way that I do it is when someone comes up in conversation, I look up their birth chart and then I put it in my notebook on my phone, mm. but Carol Channing who just oh passed gosh, away. Yes. Right. Yeah. So I immediately looked up her birth chart and I was like, she could be Aquarius. Like, you know, like, and she is Aquarius. I mean, that makes so much sense. Yeah. <laughs> so oh my God, it totally there's does. the other card for Aquarius is the fool, which is Uranus. And so there's yeah. a lot of the women who are embodying that too. And so like, you know, what's it going to be when Carmen Miranda's up against Carol Channing? And I was actually like showing Doug, my roommate, uh, the list. And he was like, he's like, that pair like you and Brandana, like, just like <laughs> hanging out together. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> who wears the banana hat? Maybe Brandana? we share it. Yeah, she would totally, she would totally have a Carmen Miranda. Yeah. Yeah. But another thing, and I we were texting about this, Brandon, um, when you put all the pictures of the women together, it's always fun to like see like Scorpio, you could like really feel it. Yeah. Um, Capricorn, they're like, you know, you could feel that too. But Aquarius is they're all just smiling really big. Yeah. Like beaming. Every <laughs> single, like there's a Cute. few that aren't, but like I couldn't find pictures that like, if you think of just like Carol Channing, like there's not a picture of her not smiling. Oh yeah, no. totally. Yeah. So that was interesting. A lot of them have this kind of like, like kind of like gaze. Mm-hmm. Um, which you've I've always heard Aquarius has starry eyes but like just to see it I'm like you really can't make this shit up right totally <laughs> yeah. so I wanted to pick your brain a little bit about the Empress and the Hanged Man because Ooh. those are the two cards that kind of rule 2019 <clears throat> and what I thought was interesting about them is that they're both associated with the planet Neptune and mm, Venus it's true and I was looking at kind of what's going on with Neptune and Venus this year and you know this year Venus has no retrogrades she's going straight you know like full steam ahead all year and Neptune is just kind of he's just hanging out in Pisces which to oh, me yeah. almost feels like the mo- like if Neptune is the planet of mystery to be in the house of mystery it's just like Mm-hmm. The mo- so I just wanted to, what are your thoughts on all of that? Yeah, I it's such a beautiful combination, really. Totally. And I actually I connect the Empress and the Hangman together often, anyway, and that's how they became the cards of the year because one plus two is three. Mm-hmm. So I will often look at the cards grouped in that sort of way and try to make sense of them in relationship to their numerology. Sure, the Hangman, right, is this moment in time. In a philosophical perspective, not necessarily like when you receive it in a reading, is it always going to mean this? But the hangman is really um, deeply accepting the here and the now. Mm. And so you can think of the hangman as like we come out of our mothers upside down in the same way the hangman does. And so the the rope that's tying him uh, is also sort of like the umbilical cord. So there is this connection to like being birthed out of the mother empress that's like happening here. Mm. So in one way, I could say that this could be a year that people are giving birth to a book or to a new home or a new relationship. Um, that could be one, but like, um, and you know, birth also has with it a lot of contractions and like moments in time where we feel uncomfortable and that we're needing to just breathe. 
So the combo together, it feels really beautiful and an opportunity for us to really enjoy the sacred sweetness of the here and now, of the natures, you know? Um, And that could be really, really uncomfortable and unsettling for some people, especially the ones that are on the go often. Yeah. So for me, it's like, okay, I'm in Los Angeles. It's a hangman empress year. I'm hanging out. And I'm going to enjoy it and I'm going to breathe into it. And the moments in time where I feel uncomfortable and like maybe that maybe this isn't like my home forever, but it is this year because the Empress is opening up the gates to her garden and is saying, here's some string. I want you to hang yourself up on this tree (laughs) and I want you to then come into this place of deep surrender and stillness. And so it's like what better place to be the hangman than in the empress's garden. Mm, So it's a year of like new perspectives when we surrender to it because then we're upside down. And it's a year that our chakra centers are in alignment with the way that the rainbow is in the sky, right? Because when we're upside down, red, the root is at the top, which whenever we see a rainbow, red's going to be on the top. So it's like through that, there's going to be opportunity to really like feel into the promise that it will get better for you. And I think that this collectively and just like astrologically with all the placements that we have and coming off of 2018, it's it's going to feel like a pretty uncomfortable year for a lot of people, but also like when we like can really get in there and commit to ourselves and to just being present with our bodies and our breaths that um, there'll be a lot of new opportunities for connecting with this world that we're in. Um, yeah. So in like thinking of like Neptune and Venus being together, like conjunct with these two cards, uh, Neptune and Venus are conjunct in my birth chart. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. All right. In Capricorn. Oh, in your 12th house. And so all of these Capricorn planets are like saying, hey, to my Venus and my Neptune and Cap. So like, I like have a really like personal connection to, to these placements. And that's like something I like to do is to visualize my chart. And like, especially the planets that are conjunct as like different cards, you know? Mm. So like for me, my Uranus and Saturn are conjunct. They might, I, they might be in yours too, or they like, they might be pretty close, but, um, no, mine have a fair, okay. Mine are a sign in a house apart. Okay. My Saturn's in Scorpio, my Uranus is in Sag. Gotcha. So mine are just a few degrees from each other. So I think of that as like the fool in the tower, like the fool in the, the tower. <laughs> wow. It's like, but you can also use the world card as Saturn too. But anyway, I'm kind of getting on a tangent No, I love there, but I Yeah, I want to like write an animated short series about the fool in the tower. That yes. sounds amazing, actually. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he would be the only one to walk into the tower and be like, what is this cool place yeah. that's falling apart as I walk up the stairs? Mm-hmm. That's Aquarius. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I think what you were just saying, I mean, I was getting my life from it because I think that the whole sort of the Empress welcoming you into the garden with the string and thinking about, too, the whole Pluto and Saturn, the Capricorn energy there, which, again, is so so much transformation Mm -hmm. and, you know, surrendering to change that, you know, the change that wants to come for you on some level, the, you know, that that this idea of, you know, if you can just sort of hang and flow mm-hmm. with it you know hang out with the uncomfortableness of you know surrender i think that and then the jupiter and sag energy too that's there you know which feeds into what you were saying i think about sort of looking optimistically toward yeah. where we're at mm-hmm. i think it's just that it's just such a beautiful way of crystallizing that and i think that is really important for everyone listening like 
you know, that, yeah, we do kind of need to just Mm -hmm. not just hang out, but hang in there, Yeah, (laughs) hang in there through this transformative time and trust. Mm -hmm. I think it's a, the year of the earth pig, like coming up too. like it switches in February, Mm -hmm. which kind of, I don't know. The earth pig with the empress is like, okay. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. (laughs) Yeah. I couldn't help but think too. (laughs) I was just going to say that's the animated show. Yeah. The earth pig. But I also felt like when you were talking, because I always think of the Empress as like Mother Earth too. Like mm-hmm. I can't help but think of her as Mother Earth. Yeah. And so what you were saying too is like we have to accept what our relationship with Mother Earth has been up until this point. Mm-hmm. We like need to accept like the ramifications of like where we are. Yes. And so it feels like all like this Capricorn house party in a high vibe way could help us to mm-hmm. maybe like first we got to accept, you know, and some of us have been further along than others in terms of like accepting how we've been in relationship with this planet for Mm -hmm. a while. And possibly once we've accepted that we have perhaps not been the most gentle and reciprocal guests on this planet that we call home, we might actually begin to make the changes that would allow us Mm. to be more in right relationship. Yes. And you're just bringing a whole other side to the Capricorn energy and everything that we are talking about with the Capricorn stallion because it also is environmentalism because it's big scale earth, it's resourcefulness, you know, sustainability, permaculture, Mm. composting, like all of these things that we do for the community, for the collective. So yeah, it would be a great time to like get your life more sustainable and, uh, you know, I know that y'all been watching Marie Kondo, so sure like maybe like a little bit of that too, you know? Well, and I also, I know we're going to be moving this year uh-huh. and I know that in our new home, there is going to be a garden Yeah, and I'm going to start to like really work the earth and like mm. plant things and harvest things and have that front row seat to like, how do we get sustained by this planet, you know? And mm. how do we engage and work with and yeah. exchange? Well, I think we could do this for 27 days if we wanted to. 100%. But... Um, I will say that, <laughs> that, you know, another Aquarian element is tribe. Mm. And I feel really grateful uh, to have you as a member of yeah. our tribe and to be a member of your tribe. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. The Rainbow Witches. Mm-hmm. Thank you. You too. <laughs> um, it's nice to uh, just, you know be out here in these streets not alone mm-hmm. definitely <laughs> in the do yeah um and i'll definitely be calling you more often yeah. to like pick your brain on astrological things yeah anytime <laughs> anytime i'm i'm so grateful and honored to be here on the show and it's been such a wonderful time Thank oh you. jeff you i i texted or maybe i insta messaged you i was like jeffrey you have really been inspiring me recently your dedication mm-hmm. to your mystical life and to your own spiritual practice continues to inspire me to like double down to work harder in that way so i just want to say like thank you like thank you for being a mirror and for uplifting um and speaking of uplifting Mm -hmm. i'm gonna shuffle the cards everybody it's time for our card for the episode and i'm gonna have my aquarius brother pull it for us so yeah uh just take a moment and tune in listen to the sound of the cards being shuffled as a means to connecting to them if you're driving a car, you can listen, but you should probably keep your eyes open. Yes. Jeff and I have our eyes closed for you. <laughs> and just down. know that this message will resonate for you no matter the future place or time that you listen to this podcast. So even if it's 2020 and you're listening to back episodes of The Spiritual Gaze, this is the message that you are supposed to hear. 
All right, I'm going to let Jeffrey pull a card now. What is it? Okay, so that's that's a cool little synchronicity. So. <sighs> wow. So the card that Jeff just pulled for everybody is the magician. And what's really <sighs> interesting about that is when I was writing the tarot scopes for the new moon in Capricorn, I asked that the cards that I pulled for everybody also be like just uh, an ore to help them kind of row through the whole year. And that was the card I pulled for Aquarius. Oh. <laughs> and so everyone, as we move into Aquarius season, you too can access this energy. Everyone can access their inner magician. And when I think about the magician connected to the planet Mercury, it's really about like claiming and speaking out loud, like what it is that you want. And if you can't say it out loud, you're not ready for it. And when we think about the magician, he makes magic. And I always think about the quote that our friend Harriet and the Star said, like, what is magic? It's finding yourself at the center of two forces and allowing yourself to dissolve, you know, mm -hmm. like allowing yourself to be a channel for energy. Like you, the magic happens through you, but you are not like the, the magic itself. You're the magic maker. You're the vessel for the magic. So I just want to encourage everybody as we move into Aquarius season, start to speak out loud and write down, communicate what your desires are for the year ahead and make sure that you are open and available enough to allow the magic to move through you. Mm -hmm. I love it. Thank you, Jeffrey. And I just want to say like, thank you for your major, massive contribution to the community, to making astrology so available. Yes. And to really, like what I love about the way that Jeffrey teaches and explores and philosophizes around astrology is that it's not personality-based astrology. It's soul-centered astrology. Mm -hmm. With a lot of personality. With a lot oh. of personality. <laughs> I love it. Uh -huh. But thank you. Sass. Yeah. <laughs> for expanding that. You know, I think yeah. Aquarians can also really expand the containers, right? And I mean, maybe this is a little crazy, low vibe, but it's like, if Capricorn is like the structure and the authority, then we get to Aquarius and it's like the rebellion against it. It's like, okay, now yeah. we're going to break it apart and see if it really works. Maybe put it together in a new way. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you, that's what you're doing with astrology. You're putting it together in a new way where everyone's included. Yes. Icon. Yay. Yes. Queen of Aquarius. <laughs> put yourself in there. Put on a wig. And go vote. And go vote. Yeah, go vote. So where can everyone find you? And of course, the queen. Yeah, series. so... You know, the Queen of the Zodiac series is on the Instagrams. So you can find it at cosmic.cousins. And you vote in the stories, um, the storyboard. I think that's what it's called, like the little videos. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, or you can just find me um, on my podcast at Cosmic Cousins on iTunes. Amazing. Yeah. Nice. Thanks so much, Jeffrey. And Thank thanks you. to Thank all of our here. gazers for tuning in. Go follow Jeffrey. Go listen to his incredible podcast. Thank you, of course, to our neighbor, Carl, mm -hmm. who makes sure that you can listen to these podcasts. <laughs> oh, like, who's Carl? Uh-huh. Our technical whiz. Big thank you to Justin Simeon, as always, for the gorgeous interstitial music. Mm -hmm. Yes. And as Brandon said, thank you to all of you for listening. Uh, again, uh, we really appreciate everyone who has gone and rated us on iTunes. It's very helpful. And all of you who have left us lovely reviews we really appreciate it if you haven't yet please go ahead and do so yeah angel and i get like giddy little schoolgirls when we get a review we like read them to each other and it's very we exciting do. so if you <laughs> want to imagine us being giddy write us a review yeah but of course you can always find us on instagram at the spiritual gaze g-a-y-z or just spiritual gaze at on twitter or uh the spiritual gaze at gmail.com if you have any questions for us or things you want us to be talking about 
uh, or just at our website, spiritualgaze.com. Until next time, this has been your moment in The Spiritual Gaze.